a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Alpine Stars Protects on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast with Michael Brandis. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve Mathis, of course. Thank you, Fly Racing, for making this thing happen. All new helmet out now. Please check it out from the folks at Fly Racing. They have developed a lot of R&D over the years and worked on this thing uh, for a long time to make it perfect. So please check it out, flyracing.com, and uh, be impressed by all the aspects of the technology, technology as well as all the safety standards that they have put into this thing. It's, uh, it's fantastic. So thanks to those guys, flyracing.com. Also, Maxxis MXST tires developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath. Used right now in Supercross by AJ Cantanzaro. So he's out there running these Maxis. Uh, Chris Kiefer uh, uh, likes them as well. MXST, please think about that for uh, your next tire set for your motorcycle. And also Alpine Stars. Alpine Stars protects, whether it's an all-new, improved Tech 10 that is out there now, the Tech 7, the Bionic Neck Support System, or the uh, Tech 7s, which I absolutely love. Uh, please, Alpine Stars protects. Get them wherever you can get uh, your local motocross stuff they'll have it uh all right everybody thank you for listening uh michael brandis interesting guy nice career on the bike too when you go through his results in the vault and uh really somebody that i had never talked to so well talked to for a podcast i had talked to him before all right michael brandis here we go all right everybody now as promised on the fly racing racer x podcast 125 supercross winner former factory rider michael brandis what's up brandis how are you man thanks for doing this uh, life has been pretty good. Um, I had a great time racing and then trying to, uh, uh, venture off and take on life after racing, which is kind of difficult because I never really had a, I didn't really have a plan like towards the later mm-hmm. days of my career. I didn't have like a, um, I was just like, Oh man. Well, like, you're like every other I, motocrosser. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And, so it was like, I'm like, what am I going to do now? I'm like, I, people are like, Oh, you got to do what you love. I'm like, well, I just did that. <laughs> so then it's, um, you know, it's been, um, it's been some work, but, I've, uh, uh, I've been working within the, the solar industry for like the last 10 years mm-hmm. of, working my way up and this and that management and it's um it you know it's not a dream job but it uh it's something i enjoy i work at and you know again um it challenges me which is is something we all need we you need some sort of challenge to try and move forward in life and do things like that so um yeah just been been doing that and uh 
actually after that, I guess I would say like during um, what part of it? In 2002, when I got hurt real bad in Atlanta, uh-huh. um, I kind of focused over and I started, I started like cycling a lot more. And so then when I stopped racing and was kind of done with that, I got into cycling quite a bit. And then I started, you know, you know, as an amateur cyclist, but uh, did a bunch of races. Oh, um, wow, okay. Um, you know, that's funny, Brandes, because when you raced, a lot of times people are like, oh, man, he, he needs to get in better shape when you were, you know, kind of in your peak. And then you got into hey. bicycle racing. <laughs> that's funny. Hey, I can I can tell you this. Um, like in 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. you, can, you can ask Rhino who is more fit climbing out in La Cresta and Temecula. Worked them. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, um, no, I used to do a lot of riding with, uh, uh, with uh, Buddy Antonez, uh, with Rhino, uh, Randy Lawrence, uh, Ramsey, uh, Fonseca a little bit. So, um, we used to, yeah, we used to go cycling quite a bit. And I remember the day we were out riding and, I just put it to him, and Rhino was so pissed, like he wouldn't even talk to me. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't sound like the he Rhino was, I know. <laughs> he was so mad. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, he was pissed off that. Yeah. But anyways, but um, then he was like, that's what he said. He's like, he's like, dude, like people say, like, you don't train or whatever. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, dude, I train like a fucking animal. I'm like, come on. Yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, um. There's certain reasons. Um, is more the more I've looked into all of uh, cycling and fitness and yep. this and that and how things work. Like I understand that like you are born with a natural lung capacity, mm-hmm. and that's all your body's going to do. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't have the lung capacity of like a uh, an elite cyclist endurance yeah. person yeah and i come to find that out later on but it's like well too late now yeah. but <laughs> it's uh it's something that people go oh we just got to work on it it's like well yeah you can work on it but every single athlete works on it and so um man it's like it, it, you got to be kind of gifted in a way i mean mm-hmm. like you got to be gifted with talent you got to be dif- gifted with desire and you got to be gifted physically. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, you're all right. of it comes into play. Yeah. Um, and are you uh, are you married? You got kids? Uh, no, 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 none of it. Okay. No, no. Um, um, do you ride? Do you ride much? Do you ride at all? <laughs> When's the last time you rode? The last time I rode a dirt bike was uh, eight years ago. Really? Huh. Wait, 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 six. Six years ago, yeah. Um, but part of that is because of, um, like, the last couple of injuries I had, like, it, I, I messed up my back pretty good. Oh, did you? And yeah. so, um, as much as I'd like to go out and ride and do this and that, like, I know my body physically, I can't, I can't endure it anymore, mm-hmm. and I can't risk taking more injuries or crashing or this and that. And so 
it was a hard decision, but I had to, I had to make the decision. I'm like, I can't ride anymore. Yeah. Because it's like, people go, well, like, well, why don't you just go get a bike and go trail riding doing that? I'm like, that's not fun. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not fun. I mean, like, right. fun to me is like pushing the limits to see how fast you can go and ride right. and, you know, repetitive and pushing the limits. Mm-hmm. Like, that is what, you know, drives yeah. a lot of the professional athletes. And it's like, I'm like, if I can't do that, I don't want to go trail riding. Yeah, there's, I'm like, there's, heck, I'd rather go play golf or something. There's a lot of guys on that I've talked to that got to your level or, or higher, and they're just like, yeah, I don't want to do it because I can't do it like I used to. Like I, like I remember. Like my brain knows how to do it, but I'm physically not able to do it, so I'm out. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> it makes sense, that, you know? Yeah. It, it, that's what it is exactly. It's because it's like I think about riding. I'm like, uh, like going to Oakland last weekend and watching. I'm like, I would so love to be able to ride a four stroke on a supercross track and do this and go ride and mm-hmm. just floor it and just just push it to every limit, just blow out every single berm and rut and everything like that. But uh, I can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to do it, but I can't do it. <laughs> what do you so uh, uh, What do you think of when you go to supercross now? Like you went to Oakland. Like would you just buy a ticket and sit in the stands and? And remember about the, your your day when you won one of them, or, or do you are you impressed by them, or are you, what do you think about when you when you go to the race? Um, I honestly I like to go. I go and I sit up in the, the second row level of seating and I watch it. And to me, it's I love to see the progression of Supercross. Mm-hmm. Love to see the the riders come up and their abilities and what they do now. Um, I don't think any of them know what it's like to ride a, a one twenty five. No, no. <laughs> and trying to bang some triples out. Like it doesn't really work that way. Yeah. Do you remember like you just double single some of them? That's it. All I can do is double single. Can't triple this. Thing, yeah. You know? Um, yeah. but no, it's a, I love to watch it. And, um, uh, I don't know the guys personally anymore just because it's been so yep. much time, but I love I love watching it. It's like motocross has been in my life forever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to watch it this year, next year, five years, and ten years because it's it's yeah. just an amazing sport to me. And, you know, I, I look at it stuff and I'm like, man. But every time I hear uh, <laughs> when they're, talking, they're like, Dylan Ferrandis, I'm like, Sounds like Brandis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of, huh? <laughs> um, but no, it's it's really cool to see the the progression, the bikes, the technology. I mean, like, yeah, I'm like an electric start with ignition change, this <laughs> and that, all kind of. Oh stuff. yeah, like, yeah. I would. Uh, any of us would dream to have that sort of technology go ride a dirt bike. Like it's yeah. it's amazing. No, uh, no more jets, bro. No more jetting it. No more, you know, no more hesitations. No more bogs. None of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what do you got? A, a fifty-two pilot, or you got a yeah. fifty, or you got a, a yeah. fifty-two? Like, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah, uh, yeah none of, none we're gonna of, change the needle needle size. Um, none of that matters anymore. Um, so when you go on the, if you go on these solar calls or whatever, sometimes you you see guys that they have dirt bikes and they're probably like. You're probably like, hey, sweet bike, and they're like, hey, do you ride? And you're just like, nah, I don't ride. I don't ride. You know, kind of funny. It's, um, 
it's uh i run across people and it's um you know for a while like when i like after i stopped racing i uh was doing some some teaching doing some lessons some stuff like that and it uh, unfortunately some of the parents just put a really bad taste in my mouth of how bad they were how much they were pushing their children at a young age and it kind of just steered me away from that. Like I didn't want to be part of that. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of, uh, uh, I had several, (laughs) several kids that like after like we'd be out in the backside of the track or doing something like that. And the kids would, they'd be crying. They're like, my dad is so mean, this and that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. I'm like, I don't even, I don't even want to be part of this. Like I'd love to like, you know, I coached, I coached some people and you know, it was good. It was great. I helped them out this and that. But then a lot of it is, is uh, a lot of the younger generation of younger kids, the, the parents put so much emphasis and uh, force on them to, to like to perform. And it's like, it's terrible. It takes the fun out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're right about that. hundred percent. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it, is, it is. And it's just getting worse, you know, um, all the time. So, um, let's go, let's go back into a time machine a little bit back to your upbringing. Um, when do you start getting on a dirt bike? Uh, who gets you on a dirt bike? And when do you start realizing Brandes that you're like, shit, like I'm pretty good at this stuff. Like I want to keep going. Well, um, so the one thing that like my dad, my dad is always, he, he had a street bike back in the day, you know, James Dean style style, stuff like that, you know, cigarettes rolled up in the (laughs) white t-shirt. Um, but, uh, he got a dirt bike. Um, my brother had a dirt bike and I was just like, at that point, like I was riding bicycles and doing BMX and I was just like, I'm like, I want a dirt bike. And so my dad goes, Hey, if you get all A's and B's on your next report card, I'll get you a bike. And he was hoping, I, I, I don't know what sort of motivation or whatever yeah. he was doing, but, but I banged it out and I brought it home and I'm like, I got all A's dad. <laughs> and he's like, shit, I got to buy you a bike. And I remember my mom going, you got to get him a bike now. He did it. He did it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but part of that was, is to continue to have my bike. I had to keep my grades up. Yep. And so school was an important part of it. Um, there's a lot of people that don't, you know, the parents are just like, oh, they're they're 14 years old, or we're going to put them on homeschool, we're going to do this, and I'm like, they need an education regardless, of, like regardless of whether they become professional athletes or not. But I'm mean, like, it doesn't it doesn't make the rest of their life. I'm like, you got to do it. So, mm-hmm. um, and this is is this NorCal? This is you grew up in NorCal or SoCal? Uh, I grew up in Ukiah, which is three hours north of San Francisco. Okay. All kind right, so of yeah. in uh, wine, uh, pear orchard, okay. uh, valley way up north. Yes. Um, grew up small town. It was, uh, I mean, like 15,000 people. Oh. Like small town, outskirts. Of, and then... Luckily, we lived on, well, for me, luckily, uh, we lived on the outskirts of town on the hillside. So I could literally hop on my bike, ride down the street, drop down a fire road, and then be out onto some 
BLM government property and go ride around the lake and the yeah. reservoir and make trails and tracks and stuff like that. So it was, it was super convenient for me to be able to ride. Um, there was, there was times when initially, like when I first started riding, like me and I had a friend down the street named Chell and we would, uh, we'd get up at like six o'clock in the morning and at six thirty, we'd, yeah. we'd go, we'd go ride our bikes around for like 30 minutes before the school bus came to pick us up. And then when we got dropped off after school, then we hop on our bikes and we'd back, ride back until riding. it was time for dinner. Yeah. Wow. And when it, when it got dark and so it was, uh, so I, it was pretty convenient that way. I was thinking you grew up with uh, E-Town and Hangtown and all that, but they're far away at this point. Like you're not riding those places, you know, as a, as a kid. Um, Hangtown was actually it wasn't close to. I don't know. Have you ever uh, E Street Marysville was the first track that I ever raced at? Have you ever been there? Uh, yeah, years ago I went there with Mo or with Morris a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, it's basically equivalent to Southwick. Um, and so that's what I grew up riding. And so like sand tracks, stuff like that, like I was really good at because that's what I grew up riding, mm -hmm. um, which was fun. And like people were like, oh man, Southwick's coming up. And I was like, Southwick is rad. Like it's, the track is fun. I mean, yeah, like, and they're like, sure, you're from, they're, they're like, you're from California. You shouldn't like Southwick. There's no way, right? But you're like, no. yeah, like you don't like Southwick or you don't you don't like mud. But I'm like, I'm NorCal, so I yeah, I'd go ride. I'd go ride my bike when it was raining. Like when I was a little kid, even growing up, it was like I just wanted to ride. Like every day I got home, like I'd be looking at. A dirt rider and motocross action, like behind my yeah. English book when I'm sitting in class and stuff like, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's just it's what it was. I was just like, did, I, did, did, I, you could you could say I was obsessed with it, but yeah. we all are. It's like that's yeah. a passion. I was just like I was like I want to ride. I want to get better. I want to do this. I want to I just I yeah. want to do good and. uh I was the same way. I grew up the same way. Exactly. Riding, sneaking magazines and going riding whenever I could. We all did, like you said, perfectly. Um, did, yeah. you, did you start chasing Ponca and Loretta's and all that early on? Like, is, was this the plan? Did you all of a sudden start winning races and your dad and mom and dad are like, shit, we, we got to go? We got to see how far Michael can take this? Um, so initially it was, I would say my, my parents were trying to try take things kind of casual and not like mm -hmm. emphasize uh, we're going to build you into some supercross hero, this and that they were just more or less of like, if you enjoy doing this, this is what we're going to do. Um, but honestly, the, I went, I've been to Ponca city three times. The first year I broke my arm. The second time I think I got like third or fourth. And then the next time, I broke my collarbone. So I'm like, I'm never going back there again. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause, but then I went to, uh, Loretta Lynn's and I did good in the schoolboy class. Cause I was, um, I grew, I, I shoot up at like 14 is when I started riding a 125. Mm -hmm. And so, um, actually I think the, what was it? 1990. I think Tim Ferry won. And I got third, and, like, Jason McCormick and Ryan Huffman, they were, like, 
fourth and fifth. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was a long time ago, but it was. Uh, yeah. Huh. I don't know. We did. Uh, we did that, but then after that, it was like. Um, Who I didn't. I didn't pursue all of the amateur events as like as a team green rider they're like oh you need to go to texas you need yeah, to go yeah. to vegas you need to do yeah. this and i didn't do all of the events um i kind of realized that well honestly at that point when when i actually started as a professional at 15 and then i turned 16 and then i so you start riding the the, the CMC winter series, the GFI winter series and all that. And they paid so much money. I mean, like yeah, I was yeah. making like 7,500 bucks a weekend. Nice. I'm like, why do I want to go race supercross? <laughs> I'm like, I don't need to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Those things pay. Right. I remember uh, I did a podcast with Rick or Rick Ryan and dude, yeah. he was, he was long retired from pro like sort of supercross and motocross and still doing those series and making a ton of money, just killing it. Yeah. Every I, weekend. He was, um, like the last, his last year is when kind of I took over his right. his plethora of money and kind of uh, <laughs> and success. smashed him out of the category. I was 18 right. years old and he was, uh, I don't know. But yeah, we had some good battles racing and we smashed into each other quite a few times. Yeah. I asked, uh, I asked somebody from NorCal about you. I said, give me, give me a Brandis you know, memory or something. And before, you know, I said, I knew I was sitting down with you. And he told me the baddest dude to ever ride E street faster than Lampson or Voland in their prime. That's pretty good. Brandis. Uh, I love that place. <laughs> uh, you go faster than Lampson and Voland. Like that's, that's something. Um, yeah, it's, that was a track that, that was the first track I ever raced at. And it was, it was, Initially, it was like beach sand. It's not beach sand today, mm -hmm. just because there's been so much flooding and right. the consistency of the dirt has changed. But like growing up, like that's what I grew up riding, which is just the roughest, whooped out sand track <laughs> you could ever imagine. It's like I went to Southwick every weekend. Yeah, and yeah. it was a. Uh, but what it did, it was so tough is that it makes you, it'll either like break you and you'll like just never ride a dirt bike again. Yeah. Or it challenges you and it makes you realize and it, uh, you got to learn real quick how to ride, how to balance, where to put a position, choose your lines, right? all of that stuff. Um, and I think that was one of the, one of the great benefactors of that helped me, become a better rider is like mm -hmm. just growing up riding like one of the gnarliest tracks in you know mm -hmm. the united states i mean like it's you know southwick i'm it's not the the craziest track ever i mean like you want to go ride lomo in belgium like yeah. that is a sand track <laughs> yeah no absolutely so uh, but that's what that's what e street was in the beginning like when the first time i rode there that's what it was like it was like lomel and it's changed over the years, but it's uh -huh. it's still good. So your Fun. first pro race is in the 250 motocross class at the one moto Glen Helen National. You get 18th. That's uh, actually no. Okay. No. All right. Tell me. The year before, 
Uh, oh, wait, hold on a sec. Okay, yes, 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 that is correct. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, um, yes, 93, yeah. got 18th in the 250 class. Yeah. Um, hot as balls that day. It was so hot. <laughs> that's the, I think Donald Upland got, he got like third, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. Uh, no, six. Or, or top five anyway. Yeah, sixth for Upton that day. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty impressive, and I was. Yeah. Uh, but that day was that was rough. But uh, a lot of the guys, uh, you know, Bradshaw, they just pulled off and didn't even race. Uh, yeah. like, it was tough. It was hot as heck. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that was that was my first experience right there. Um. Then the following year, when I rode Hangtown. Uh, I believe I got ninth. Or yeah, ninth, ninth uh, or tenth. Yeah, ninth overall, um, which is your first uh, national on and, a you know on a, on a 125. That's pretty impressive for sure. You've beaten a lot of good guys. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know. It was a. It was a. That year was a good. It was. That year, 1994, was uh-huh. a year of either. I'm going to pursue this and I'm going to do good at racing or I'm not. And I'm done. And I put everything into it. Um, I had to go buy my own motorcycles. Really? I had to pay for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and everything I made from the winter series, from getting a ninth or 10th at Hangtown, whatever it was like, Mm -hmm. all I did was put it all back into racing and I got a, got a mechanic and, uh, so really, no help from Cowie, no help from, from really anybody on bikes and parts and stuff, or a little bit of help. At that point, ninety four, yeah. no, yeah, I, I wrote checks to buy parts, <laughs> to buy plastic, yeah, yeah. to buy pistons, to yeah. uh, hopefully get Jay Clark at Wiseco to give me a couple free pistons. Right, I, uh, you, uh, I paid for it out of my pocket, yeah. and like everything I won. I put right back into racing. So I was like, this is what I want to do. And I go, if I don't put a hundred percent into it, then mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to, you know, make it to where I'd like to go. Yeah. So I, um, yeah. So I spent a lot of time and effort and money and to getting up there. Seventh at Seattle in Supercross. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta be stoked that was, that. uh, that was the first time I ever rode a supercross track. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I, this is how it was back in the day. People don't understand that now. They don't understand that nowadays, but there was nowhere to practice supercross for you guys. No, there wasn't. And, um, I mean, like, that's the great thing about today's. I mean, you got kids that are like 13, 14 years old. I mean, riding supercross tracks going here, they got compound yards. And I'm like, I never had any of that. The only thing I had was I had some property where I went down to Big Four Rents and rented a tractor, and I built my own track. I'm like, that's all I had. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. being a 17-year-old kid, I don't know how to build a Supercross track. <laughs> <laughs> See, tried, especially, hey, it Seattle, didn't really work. Seattle's but, uh, all ruddy. Seattle's all ruddy and soft, and you're out there just trying to, trying to do the doubles. <laughs> uh, it was uh, – honestly, it was like – I. Somehow I ended up seventh. Mm-hmm. I don't know how because when 
I walked the track. I was like, what is this? I like, I had yeah. no experience on any of this stuff. I'm like, it was, it frightened me, honestly. Right. I mean, like the, I was just like, I'm like, what am I going to do with this? And, and, you know, I tried to do my best and, you know, I, it turned out to be all right, but it was like, I was completely out of my element. Like I was not in a comfort zone whatsoever. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Um, 95, you only raced, uh, four times. Uh, did you get hurt? What happened? 95, you, you rode San Diego, got a 15th. Then you rode, uh, Hangtown, Spring Creek, uh, Binghamton. And that was it. Got hurt. Um, I did a little bit. I was more, uh, 95, uh, team green was helping me out a little bit. So I spent a little time doing amateur stuff, going to okay. Vegas and going to Texas. Um, and so I didn't, I was trying to fulfill their desires yeah, of yeah. wanting me to do the amateur races. And so I right. didn't do a lot of super crosses and nationals and stuff like that. So did, um, were your parents some, but yeah, were your parents coming with you? Were they flying to the races? Were they driving you? What was going on? You, you mentioned you had a mechanic earlier. Like, were they working full time and not able to sort of follow you around, or how was that? Um, my parents gave a hundred percent effort from when I started racing, um, which was eighty nine. Or wait, wait, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. No, 88 is when I first started doing my race. And they supported me up until 2000 or, uh, I don't know, um, 93. And at that point, it was my parents. I mean, like, yeah. everybody knows, like, if you're going to go race around, do all the amateur circuits, and then, mm -hmm. like, pay for bikes and parts and this and that like it's it's a lot of money and it kind of got to a point where my parents were like we've we just don't yeah. have the money to like keep right. dishing it out on bikes and parts and travel and this mm -hmm. and that and that was one of the things that kind of lit a fire up my ass and now that's why in 94 when i went out and i bought my own bikes i oh, was yeah. like i gotta do this Oh, that's pretty. So, that's pretty um, cool because you're pretty young to do that. It's pretty, pretty. You're pretty driven to do that. Um, you know, to do all that and be on your own and kind of you know learn the hard knocks life of of a kid in pro moto. You know, so that's impressive. It, it was, uh, yeah, it was a lot. It was, um, I mean, being a 18 year old kid and going out and spending 12 grand on a 125 and a 250 to go race yeah. and then buy more parts and do that, like. I, I kind of invested in myself, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was, uh, it was a lot of work. Yeah. It was a lot of work. It was great times, tough times, terrible times, good times. So in, whatever it was in 96 is when I first noticed you. That's my first year on the circuit uh, as a mechanic. You you switched to Suzuki. So were you on a team, or what, who were you riding for in '96, and why the switch to Suzuki? Because you started off seventh, eighth, sixth, fourth. Like now you're becoming, you know, a real guy here, a potential winner. Um, '96. Um, so 
through 94, 95 rode Kawasaki's and then uh, through Team Green, and then they didn't want to fulfill any more uh, future sponsorship. Mm-hmm. And so I basically had to, I found some, so at a young age, I was out, you know, searching for sponsors and people uh-huh. have money. And I found a guy who um, was willing to invest and he bought me some motorcycles and FMF, um, you know, Donnie Emler, he, yeah. he made some contributions to help as well. Um, so that's why I started riding Suzuki's and, um, it was kind of tough. So like the first, so I kind of put together a program for myself to race the beginning of the, the Supercross series. Mm-hmm. But as I did well, then I got approached by Chaparral, which the, I think that was the first year that Chaparral yeah. actually had a team because yeah. it was, uh, um, just a trailer, of. Deegan, uh, myself, Deegan, and Craig or Brooks. Yep. Yes, Brooks. Yeah. Sorry. And Schnell, right? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Schnell yeah, was there. That's right. Right. Um. So I got involved with that, and it was it was kind of a. It was it was nice to get finally hired by a good team, mm-hmm. but it was. It was very hard because I. I'd built a relationship with, uh, like, Answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, guy, Dave Kaiser, was yeah. a really good guy. Still is, um, by the way. He still is a good guy. Still around. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was, it was hard to say, like, hey, I know we have a contract, but <laughs> I got a team willing to, mm-hmm. you know, support me. And, I, like, yeah. I, I, they got a different clothing manufacturer. And, I'm like, I'm kind of screwed. And... But it's uh, thankfully the, you know the, the sponsors are pretty good. Right. Um, Dave was good. Uh, Rich Taylor at uh, Smith, same type of deal. Um, some of the other companies just had to. I, they understood. I think they understood what it was because it's like, yeah. If you're gonna get hired by a team, like. As a writer, you don't really have a say so in like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, you gotta do it. Especially too much of what what goes on. It's like if you're gonna if you're gonna supply uh yeah. bikes and salary and this and that, like so, that's what it is. So you you wrote Suzuki, Deegan wrote a Honda, Schnell wrote a Yamaha, Brooks was sort of at the end of his career racing and trying to manage. It was an odd team that year. It was weird. <laughs> uh yes. I would uh oh man. Uh the the weird weirdness like somehow the uh uh brooks and craig they had a lot of drama yes, like there was did. arguments and stuff <laughs> and the, the trailer at the tracks and stuff like that i, I know i you, you were just sure this kid with, aware yeah you're, you're this kid with his eyes wide open just going what is going on right now <laughs> i'm like what i'm like I mean, we have 15 minutes before the moto and these guys are like ready to have a boxing match like in the back of the trailer i'm like what is going on with you guys yeah, yeah. it's uh uh you know and, yeah I come to find out what the reason was and right. you know, whatever. But um Um So the next <laughs> year Chaparral goes bigger, they get a rig, they hire Button, they hire Lawrence, Preston is there, yeah. you stay on the team. Yeah. Um what'd yeah. you did you was, how was Button and Lawrence pretty cool? Were they were they cool to you? Did it help you out? Um uh, I got along with uh with with Jimmy and Phil uh, really good. Actually, Phil lived down. He probably lived 
10 houses down the street from me mm-hmm. when we lived in, when I lived in Menifee. So, yep. um, I got, I got to get to know Phil a little bit and that's when I kind of, um, got introduced into his brother, Randy yep. and of, uh, cycling guy and, um, started riding bicycles with them, just started just kind of hanging out with those guys and going out and riding the tracks. And I think it helped me out a lot. Cause it's like you, as you growing up, like you need to, you need to be pushed. And yeah. that was the whole reason why I moved to Southern California was to pursue my career. And it's like, you ride with better people and like, it pushes you, it pushes themselves like this and that. And I mean, that's the, the one good thing that like one of my, my good buddies that I <laughs> battled with since I was 11 years old was Casey Johnson. Like we, we used to race up here in NorCal together. And then we lived down the street from each other and we went through our careers the same time. We're at the same age. It's like, so me and him have a good, uh, friendship and a rivalry. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. We had, we had some crazy stuff go down as well. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably get into some of that. Um, <laughs> Hey, by the way, uh, I was looking at, I was just looking at your results. 97 high point. You get fourth outdoors. Yeah. That was a, that, that was, was a fat mutter. That was a huge mutter. Yeah, absolutely. Bradshaw won the 250 class. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I'm from California, but I'm from NorCal, which is completely different than SoCal. So yeah. I went and rode in the mud on a regular basis. So, um, I don't know. I think that day that, you know, the goat Carmichael, I think he ended up like 20th that day. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Wasn't good. <laughs> um, so you ride no, for, yeah. So yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Fourth at, at high point And, you know, you're, you're getting a lot of top tens at this point. Um, you're certainly riding pretty well. You're, you're on a Yamaha, which is probably a better bike than that Suzuki in 97, right? Uh, absolutely. I like the, uh, the, just the feel of the bike and the chassis and the way it handled. And it, it was like the Suzuki felt, it, it felt too small for me. Like I just felt it kind of cramped on it. Like the just ergonomics on the bike was just kind of funky. Like I made it work, but when I rode the Yamaha, I was like, Oh, this, it's a little bit of a, it felt like it was just a little bit of a bigger wheelbase. Um, it kind of suits like, um, I mean, I'm six one, so it, mm-hmm. it kind of fit my style a little bit better than the Suzuki did. So I was, you know, I uh, felt really comfortable on it. And actually the, my mechanic, uh, Brian Kinney, who, Oh, was BK? Uh, I didn't know BK was your guy back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, yeah, no, uh, he used to work at Escondido. Uh, uh, what's it, Escondido? Yeah, uh, um, Yamaha uh, Escondido Cycle Center or something, or I don't yeah, know. yeah, whatever that was. Yeah, 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 he used to work there, and then he's from San Jose, so he's from up north, and that's how we got connected because we're NorCal people, and. Um, so yeah, we started. Um, he started working for me in '96, and then in '97, mm-hmm. when we were working for Chaparral, he's he was a gifted guy. Like he yeah. he knew dirt bikes, he knew motors, and he started building. He built um, 
my race motor. And so, um, yeah, we didn't get it done from any outside source. He uh-huh. was the one that built my motor and it was, it was phenomenal. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it, uh, yeah, clearly good yeah. job with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so at the end of 97, you ride well, but 98 McGrath goes to Chaparral and the whole, everybody's out of a ride except for button <laughs> Preston and you much, and yeah. swap and everybody's got out of a ride. Um, who picks you up from there? Swap. Yes. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, Swap was on the team. Um, so I did something that was absolutely stupid. <laughs> is that what you do? Um, I well, I was talking to uh, FMF Honda uh-huh. and um, the guy from Primal Impulse Suzuki. He approached me just because I had had conversations with him and met him in the pits. He's like, Hey, he's like, he's like, what do you got going on for next year? He's mm-hmm. like, we'd like to hire you. I'm like, Oh, I think I'm handled with FMF and things didn't work out with FMF because the, um, Mike Hooker, we didn't have a real good oh. uh, relationship. Was so, this from like racing you and Hooker or was this from something else? Uh, yeah, some, some, racing incidents and right. um, uh, up at Atalanta and Sunrise uh, during the Winter Series races, some some stuff that happened with the, the PC guys and myself. Okay. And yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, there, there was a little bit of blood, mm-hmm. bad blood there. Yeah, Hooker had um, a big – I was on that team in 98. I joined the team later on, and, yeah, Hooker had a big big to-do with that team for sure, you know? Yeah. Um, so, okay. um <laughs> So did you go to Primal? Um, yeah. So then, in ninety at the end of ninety seven, um, the guy Kurt that was yeah, basically yeah, Kurt Primal Clovis. guy. Yeah, Kurt Clovis. Yeah. Um, he approached me. He's like, "Hey, he's like, we'd like to hire you for next year." I'm like, "Oh, I think I'm good. I'm mm-hmm. gonna." And things fell apart. And then I'm like, "It's November. I don't have a ride." I'm like, "What am I gonna do?" And, and so then somehow randomly I ended up uh, 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 riding for the Stiffy team, which uh, was a very interesting team. Yeah, I, I believe that I've been the only person that has worn pants over their boots and gotten on the podium. I would think that's probably true, Brandis. That's a good. That's a good stat. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know about a good stat. I'm not, I'm not right, jumping right. up and down about it. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, yeah, you, but, got, um, you got third at the opener. Team Stiffy. Yeah, so yeah. Um, a, another another kind of mud race at uh, L.A. Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't know how to ride in mud. Um, I did pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Ryan Huffman got second. Was was Gothic uh, on the team then? Gothic J, was he on mechanic on the team? Then who Gothic J? Do you remember him? Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think Gothic was on Stiffy. I gotta, I gotta ask him. <laughs> he was on there at some point. Um, no, I don't think he was okay. that year. Okay. Um, but apparently he he found his true calling. He ended up, I think, he worked for Honda and he some works other for, places. Still works for like, Honda now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he used to. Uh, when I lived in Quail Valley. Uh, 
Metzger, like uh, Mike Metzger, yep, live like really like uh, like 200 yards away from me. We were kind of in the hillside, and yeah, and Jay used to live with uh, Mike and. Uh-huh. Uh, I think Deegan lived there with them for a little while too, and that was uh, Gothic loved riding those hills. crazy, crazy stuff. We shoot fireworks at each other and stuff <laughs> like that, and piss off the neighbors, all kinds of stuff like that. I'm sure, yeah. Um, stuff so, of stuff of being a an eighteen, nineteen year old kid on your own. Yeah, you got to do a lot of responsible stuff. So Stiffy is like, how Borda's got part of it, something to do with this, or is a sponsor of the team or something? Right? No. Who, who was no, Stiffy? Like no. I don't even know. Who's who was Team Stiffy? Stiffy was a company that made uh, like graphic decals for like jet skis and like the serial numbers. Like it really had no affiliation okay. with motocross yeah, whatsoever. Okay. It was just a right. random title sponsor that um, they put together. So. It, um, yeah, I mean, like, I rode for them, but it was just like, oh, you want to ride for us? Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Like, no contract. No salary. No, deal, no yeah, nothing like no, that. No, no nothing. No paperwork. No signature. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, we'll do this. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I got to do something. So I got to get right. to the races and try and uh, but do dude, well. You're, and, you're putting in good results. Third, six, nine, nine, five at Hangtown, like, eight. You know, like all like good results. You're on Stiffy Suzuki. I mean, come on. Uh oh, by well, okay, so when I rode Hangtown, by at that point I had switched over Did to you? riding for a Moto Triple X. In ninety eight? Yeah, I rode for Stiffy throughout Supercross uh-huh. and then I switched to Moto Triple X. I don't remember that at all. That's that's odd. Okay, yeah. so, so that um, so it it hanged down in '98 when I got fifth. I mm-hmm. was riding for Motor Triple X. Okay, and that would have yeah. Deegan was hadn't quit the team yet. So Deegan, you went. Uh, Deegan, Deegan was actually he was on Motor Triple X through Supercross, and then when they hired me, then he went back to Stiffy <laughs> for the rest of the year. So like we swapped. Right, positions. right. Um, so funny to, to think about that now, right? Um, oh, that's funny. So, yeah, decent, yeah. good year um, for you. Ninety nine comes. Who are you riding for? Ninety nine was ninety nine was awesome. Yeah. Um. Uh. That's you know the year before I screwed up and Primal yeah. Impulse wanted to hire me, and I thought I had things handled, and I didn't. And then the next year, ninety nine. Uh, Kurt, the owner, he's like, we want to hire you. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just because, like, the year before, like, uh, right. Robbie Rayner, like, the bikes he had, like, he was... He was killing I it. I remember him yeah. just, like, just crushing it past uh, RC at Unadilla. Like, mm-hmm. the bikes... That was, like, one of the best bikes I can remember ever riding. Like, it was... For it being, like, a, a two-stroke. Yeah, yeah Ping... Uh, absolutely Ping's- the best... Two stroke, yeah. Ping was by uh, and and Ping says the same thing. Well. He says the same thing. He absolutely loves that bike. He still talks about it to this day. We, I don't. The parts and the availability and what was delivered to us. I mean, like we got mm-hmm. some good stuff from Japan and this and that. But uh, so here's the kicker on this one. Uh, Bill will appreciate this one that uh-huh. I had a choice to use factory Japan stuff or 
stick with Bill's pipes. Mm-hmm. Ping went with Factory Japan. I stuck with Bill, and they built me some of the the awesomest motor on a 125 I've ever ridden. Yeah, it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. It was ridiculous. <laughs> like I, the first time I remember going to uh, doing our outdoor testing, like. I really had to rethink how I was riding the bike because, like, there was so much more power and the rev. Like, mm-hmm. it just—it was incredible. And I was like, <laughs> "My cool. goodness!" I'm like, "No kidding!" Why Rainer was crushing it last year and passing Carmichael? Like, no worries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, no shit. Um, yeah, you. Yeah, start so to... when I rode that bike. I was just like, I was just, I was literally amazed at what they could do. Thanks for listening to the Michael Brandis podcast on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast show. Appreciate it. Uh, Race Tech, thanks to the folks at Race Tech for uh, coming on board this show as well. Pulp 19, if you call there and mention Pulp MX, they will give you a discount on motor rebuilds, motor performance mods, or suspension rebuilds. Get your suspension dialed in uh, for your weight and or speed. Also, uh, they can just change your oil. Look after your suspension. Get your bushings changed. Get your seals changed. Look after your suspension so that it will look after you. Thanks very much to... uh, Race Tech, and uh, also, too, thanks to Fly Racing, Alpine Stars, and Maxis. All right, back to Brandis. 3-5-3-3 to start the Supercross year. Like, that's that's awesome. Three podiums in the first four races. You, you got to be feeling it. I, I really was. Um, the thing that – the one thing at uh, San Diego, I think when I got a fifth, um, during, the, during our heat race – me and uh, uh, Nathan Ramsey got into, well, I wouldn't say we. I smashed him and we crashed. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Duke Finch from AMA came over and basically gave myself and the team uh, yeah. a big lecture of how to ride this and that because Mitch was pissed off because – uh, I smashed this guy, and yeah. so they made a big deal out of it, and it kind of it kind of affected me, honestly. Yeah, yeah, like you were like, yeah, you're thinking about people watching like, you or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because they're like, well, you can't do this, you can't smash anybody, this and that, and if you do this, you're gonna get, you know, we're gonna ban you from the year. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so then that kind of it screwed up my mojo, basically. Right, right. Yeah, you were an yeah. aggressive guy. You got into it on the track with a lot of guys. Not scared to, to put it in there. <laughs> Absolutely not. That was yeah. fun. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and Rusty Holland, bro. You Russ started it, and you carried on the NorCal tradition. Oh, goodness, yeah. We, uh, I raced with him for quite a few years. Did and you and our... Russ ever take each other out? You had to have at some point. Well, come on. 19... 19- <laughs> Uh, yeah, 97, L.A. Coliseum. Oh, shit. That's right. That's why I came of, to mind. Made yes. Then. Yes. Uh, I cleaned him out, but then I screwed up. Well, I wouldn't. I didn't clean him out. I smashed him, and we both crashed. <laughs> and then he just started jumping on me and kicking me, and we got into a fight yeah, on the track. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, he was riding for Mitch, right? He was a fill-in? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was. 
<laughs> the unstoppable it, force it, versus the immovable object. You and uh, Russ. And it sucked because we were like second and third too. Like I'm like I didn't that was not my intention. Right. But it was it just it just <laughs> happened and it sucked because it just it blew both of our finishes away. Yeah. Um and another lecture from AMA. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you were not scared, Brandis, no doubt. Um, hey, third at High Point. That had been awesome. Outdoor podium. Uh, if you look at the results, Carmichael goes 1-1. Volan goes 3-2, NorCal zone. You go 2-3. Like, that's uh, that's awesome, man. What do you remember about that day? That was my favorite day of racing ever. Hold on. Um, you, you won a Supercross at Indy. Yeah, I, I I don't like Supercross. For <laughs> I don't. I really don't like. Yeah. Is it, it just? It's, it's. I mean, Supercross is more glamorous and it's too you know spectator friendly and this mm-hmm. and that. But personally, me like I I loved riding outdoors and that year I was able to put in some really good results outdoor. I mean, going two three at a national. I mean, like. Like, come on, like, yeah, okay, no one's going to beat Carmichael. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's just kind of what it is. So, like, yeah, he gets first. So, basically, like, if you get second or third, it's like, yeah, you're basically the winner. Yeah. Was, um, so I was really stoked that day. Like, I, uh, it's actually, um, when you watch, if you watch the video, there is, um, during the first moto, uh, I was battling with uh, Jason McCormick, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a section down a uh, couple turns, couple turns down before the finish line, mm-hmm. and there was like this little step down thing that some people weren't jumping, and it was ruddy. And then he jumped it, and I was jumping it, and then we come around the next lap, and he jumps it, and he cross ruts, and he just hangs a hard right and goes into the trees down the hill. <laughs> and I was like, Oh crap. And then <laughs> I got swapped up and I, and I went into the left and I went straight into a tree and I just crashed. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, at that point I was like, Oh sh- crap. Yeah. So somehow I ended up crashing into a tree during a moto and then recovering it ended up second in the moto i'm like how yeah, does I, that work right, right. i hit a tree <laughs> that's awesome yeah, yeah it's like uh my, my, yeah it was um that's that cool. day was um it was good it was uh it, it was just everything there was a good vibe with mm-hmm. the team the bikes were good like everything was like who was your mechanic that year was it Rick Blazingame? Oh, I don't remember him. I thought it was maybe Todd Brown. I was thinking, but Todd was Ping's guy, I think. Um, uh, yeah, Todd. Todd worked for Ping um, that year, and then my mechanic Rick. Uh, he's from Texas, so I think he worked with like uh, Charlie Bogard back okay. in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then the next year, Todd and my mechanic Rick, we both moved over to FMF, but. My mechanic was rad. He was a uh, good. Um, he was uh yeah, good, good year for you. Um, my rider killed it that day too at High Point. I worked for Red Dog, and he, we just got the Chaparral ride. And I remember he got like, he got fifth or something. It was just a great day for him too. I was like stoked that, that ninety nine High Point was a good day for both of us. 
Um, yeah, that was a that was a that's a cool track because it it's uh, it's that is a track that you may watch on TV and people will go like, oh yeah, it doesn't you know it looks kind of flat this and that, but mm-hmm. everything is either uphill, downhill, off camber, like nothing. Yeah, you're never flat, flat. on that no. track. <laughs> you're never flat. never ever. Yeah, and so it's like it really tests your ability as a rider to navigate around it and like push it and try to make passes you got to do this you got to go outside you get off camber like it's so so you got a fifth at buds a fourth at unadilla a fifth at washugo like these are all great results for you for primal team end of the year comes uh fmf honda as you mentioned snatches you up was there I'm guessing there was a bit of a bidding war for you. Why did you go to FMF Honda? Did, did Clovis try to keep you? How did that go at the end of 99? Um, so probably like at Redbud, um, Bobby Moore from Honda started uh, pulling on my sleeve a little bit about mm-hmm. we're going to do this and this and this. And um, I was like, well, I don't know. Show me a contract. <laughs> and... Um, it didn't really come about till later on, but it was like um, up until Millville, I believe I was third in the points, but I there's this big, huge downhill uh, double where I just launched off and hit the side and crashed into the, the fence and wiped out spectators with my bike, all kinds <laughs> of shit like that. Uh, was that the one Carmichael um, crashed on doing an, uh, a heel clicker or a knack-knack or something? Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, d- yeah, that the, was huge. That was big. Yeah, the, so when you do the you come out of the back section, mm-hmm. you know, where uh the step up where yep. Chad Reed did his yep. catapult. Yeah. You go up to the top and you take a left and you drop down the hill. That's where Yeah. I I screwed it up and I jumped too far to the left and hit soft dirt and just cartwheeled into the fence going down the hill and <laughs> oh, it just geez. it took me from like third in the points to I think I ended up like seventh in the points that uh-huh. that year, but I missed the last three races. Right, right. Yeah. Um. So how the F, so why did you decide to go to FMF? Uh, I had a good relationship with FMF. They helped me mm-hmm. out quite a bit. Um, part of it was uh, financials. Part of it was the fact that even though Primal Impulse wanted to and Suzuki wanted to hire me. They didn't. They weren't giving me a contract. They're like, "Oh yeah, 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 we're gonna do this," but they didn't produce contracts. I'm like, guys, yeah, like, yeah. and like it's late October. Like, I need a contract. And, and as much as I loved riding those Suzukis from Primal Impulse, they were awesome bikes, but they weren't able to produce a, a contract for me because they had yeah. the owner had some financial issues of. Uh, whatever personal reasons, I think a divorce and some other stuff. So his assets got tied up and they weren't able to produce a contract. Yep. So um, I just said, this is what I got to do. I'm like, so there really wasn't I like, wanna... yeah, you really didn't have like a bidding war. You didn't have a choice to go anywhere else. It was, it was really FMF Honda or, or, or nothing else for you. It was, um, I had, honestly, I wanted to, Stay on the the team with Primal Impulse yeah. Suzuki. Yeah. Um, the bikes were incredible. The the whole atmosphere, mechanic, everything like we got along good, or we like everything was like gelling good. I mean, like I had a good season. But uh, okay, so the the races end. 
<laughs> on Labor Day, and then October comes, and there's still no contract. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, I need a job, so produce one, or I'm going to have to look for it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And they weren't able to produce it, so I had to go somewhere else. Mm. Not as good of a bike, huh? An FMF on <laughs> <laughs> Slightly off the Suzuki. Oh goodness! I remember the. Uh... Oh man, I remember. Uh... I remember our first day of actually motor testing for Supercross, mm-hmm. and Dan Bentley goes, "So, how would you compare this to your bike last year?" I'm like, "This thing sucks." <laughs> and. <laughs> And that just put a bad vibe between uh, myself and Dan yeah. Bentley. Which yeah. he's, he's a great, uh, knowledgeable person, this and that, but it's just that, uh, um, yeah. it just put a bad situation between us because I was completely unhappy with the bikes. They were not anywhere near no. as good as uh, the Primal bikes. And um, like uh, that's when Brock Sellers was on the team, and they gave him the 98 motor that uh, okay. uh, Lampson and someone else was using. And I'm like, why don't I get a 98 motor or yeah, yeah. the whatever? And they're like, well, uh, so eventually, like after a bunch of, we all ended up running motors from like two years before because yeah. they were much better. Yeah. The that year, 2000, they were, they were, Different power yeah, valves. They were yeah, terrible. They, they were ran, terrible. All the, yep. the the power valve shit and stuff like that. It was just those bikes were terrible. Yep. Um, um, they they yeah. I was there in '98 and uh, Sheik was riding it and he was freaking out at how bad the bike was and Bobby Moore was trying to talk to him and Sheik's yelling at him, telling him to shut up and he doesn't know anything and I'm just sitting there going, this is not a good team right here. This this is not going well. Um, and there was no, there was yeah. yeah there was a lot of. Uh, I think there was a lot of pressure from Honda that was put on the team through FMF and this and yeah. that, but it was like they, I mean, if you can't deliver a bike that's compatible, mm-hmm. then regardless of who you are, you're not going to be able to produce any sort of results. And it just puts a weird situation. Like it's just, I don't know. It was a, yeah. uh, but it was a tough, it was a tough year. I'll say that. But I mean, dude, even you- though I, I, yeah. Did win a Supercross, but uh, that's on some different terms of. Let's talk about that. That you won a Supercross, okay. the opening round of Indianapolis. Pastrana's gotten all the hype and everything else, and I was there that day working for Kelly Smith in the, in that class, and I just remember you taking off. I don't remember it being that hard for you. I remember you just laid the wood to everybody, and and just like it was like, yeah, Michael Brandis won the opener. Like it was an incredible ride. Like I said, it was the opening round. Um, your childhood dream—you'd done it. You'd won a Supercross. I mean, what what was that day like? What was that race like for you? It must have been amazing. It was um, about two weeks before that event. I crashed really bad out the Honda test track, mm-hmm. and I didn't ride for two weeks <laughs> before that event. Yeah, yeah. Like I, my wrist—I thought. I thought my wrist was broken. Um, so basically what we did is like, I went and saw one of the orthopedic doctors, sport medicine guys in, um, 
uh, Temecula, um, and we did some, basically did like a test. We had to, you, you put, um, uh, oh, Marcaine, which is like Novocaine. Okay. So I had to get like a, a numbing injection into my wrist so I could actually even stand the bumps and be able to ride because I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't uh-huh. do a push up. I couldn't ride. I couldn't do anything. So that was, we went out and we did a, I went to the doctor and he's like, Hey, he's like, we're going to do a little trial here. It's like, I'm going to give you this injection. Mm-hmm. We're going to numb up your wrist. You go out and you go see if you can ride the track at Elsinore. And then you come back in like two hours and then we'll figure it out. And I was like, yeah, I can kind of ride, but it still hurts like crap. And so, uh, um, and then I was getting pressured from the team. Like I told them, I'm like, I'm like, I can't ride. I'm like, I can't, my wrist hurts. I'm like, it's not not like hurts. Like it's painful to the bone. Like it feels like it's just going to (laughs) snap. And, um, so I was able to get a, a doctor was kind enough to give me some Marcane and bring me to the race. And I had some people, a qualified doctor, uh, do an injection on my wrist. Yep, so it yep. was numbed up. And wow. I think one of the things that really was like, I had no expectations of yeah, yeah. The weekend, like I had no, there was no pressure on me because I'm like, I can't even do a push up. I can't even ride right now. Like I'm like, I was not concerned about anything. And I think, you know, um, that took a lot of stress off of me because I yeah. went into the event just going like, yeah. yeah, I I don't know if I can do one lap. I don't know if I can do 15 laps. Sure, I don't know. And um, uh, because the East Coast race, I'd always been a West Coast guy, so I had to do the day qualifier. Uh-huh. Won that. Then did my heat race. I won that. And then went in the main event, just like, just yeah, didn't give two shits about anything. I, I just ripped the whole shot and just left with it. And it was a, uh, it was like a perfect ride, honestly. Yeah. I, I mean, like I, that's there how was, I remember uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was some chaos going on. Uh, Sellards and uh, Pastrana were smashing each other. I think. Uh-huh. Roncata and Fonseca and Ramsey, like there was a ton of guys. Like it was a heated up mm-hmm. uh, East Coast series that year. So, um, what'd you do after? Yeah, what'd I you did. do after the race? And what we what 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 did we go at in Indianapolis? I don't even remember. After what, Indianapolis, yeah. Like what what where would we go that night? <laughs> I don't remember doing anything. <laughs> I don't know how that was that night for you, but I'm not, it was probably pretty good. Uh, uh, it was fun. We, uh, ah, you know, actually it wasn't, it wasn't anything crazy or anything like that. It was just going out, grabbing a couple of drinks and right. some of the other, uh, teams were there. Uh, uh, I remember Mitch, uh, giving some congratulations. Oh, and, did he? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was, uh, He's like, I'll never hire you, but uh, good job today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was ever too much of a fan. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just, yeah. Where's the trophy at? You still have it? You got it somewhere good? Oh, yeah, it's on the wall right now. Good, good, but yeah. But unfortunately, like, see, here's the thing. It's like, you win a Supercross, you like, you expect, like, some 
elegant trophy, this and that. Yeah. That weekend they were giving out, like, I got it. Literally, I have an engraved blue plate <laughs> yeah. for winning a Supercross. Yeah. yeah. You're like, oh, I was so dis- I was right. so disappointed in that. I'm like, really? Yeah. This is what I get? Yeah. What? How much was your um, how much was your win bonus? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was uh, two million. <laughs> yeah, you wish. <laughs> two mil- two million. Yeah, I and wish. A, and a solar job once you once you quit. Um, uh, no, it was uh, it was nowhere near that. I think the uh, what is there in the twenty five twenty twenty grand range? Yeah, stuff yeah, like something that. like that. Right. Yeah, it's not a. Uh, not what the guys are getting today. They they make a pretty good uh, bonus. Um. So was the rest of the series like? Did your wrist like? I mean, you never backed up the win. You never got on the podium again. Uh, was it the wrist? Um, was it a was it an issue where you were like, ah, this is I got this, and, and all of a sudden you didn't get it? Like what happened in the in the other weeks? Because I do remember like that win, and then yeah, uh, you know, you have a lot of podiums before, so it's not like this win came out of nowhere, but. You know, again, yeah. What was the the issue after after that? Um, it was the fact that the my wrist was damaged, and yep. I basically just put Novocaine on top of it, and yeah, I made yeah. it through on race. Right. And then I didn't ride all week, and then the next weekend I tried to do the same thing, and it just yeah. I remember I was at Pontiac, and one of the triples. Like I came up short, uh-huh. and it just—it felt like I just rebroke my wrist. Oh, and geez. at that point, it was like I just—I just toughed it out for like two or three rounds, and then then we just called it and said, "Hey, I gotta heal up before the outdoors come," and that's what we did. Mm-hmm. So, um, did you ever get it fixed? Did it need to be fixed, or what was the? Did you need a surgery or? Uh, no surgery. It was just, uh, there was a, a small fracture and mm-hmm. kind of a sprain, like kind of on the, the navicular little peanut bone that right. is like the worst thing to ever try and heal. Um, and so it took some time, like, it, uh, yeah, I think it took like two months before it actually really healed up. And at that point it was getting close to, um, I believe Glenn Helen was the opener that year. Yeah. And so, um, but then, then I was, I got back to fit and healthy and this and that. And then, uh, second, second moto, the first, so Glenn Helen was the first opener. Yep. Uh, in second moto, uh, Lampson hole shot it. I was in second behind him and we're the first time you come down, uh, not a, oh, what is it? There's two different hills. So you come down the first hill before, mm-hmm. not before like Mount St. Helens, but the, yeah. the other like yeah. miniature hill. Yeah, smaller one, yeah. Uh, just launched it into some braking bumps and just rode the front wheel and just <laughs> cartwheeled it out. Oh, it was, boy. Uh, it was, uh, it was not good. Um, well, and then, I mean, out, the bike wasn't that great outdoors either, I imagine. Your results weren't anywhere near where they were the year before. Um, no, it was, um, as much as, I mean, our bikes were okay. Yeah. They were not, they were not great. They were not, 
they were nothing compared to those primal impulse Suzuki bikes they had. That was they just ripped, they roared, they had just they were awesome. And it was like it kind of just played like a little bit of funk on me because every time I hopped on the bike, I was just like, <sighs> it just kind of doesn't go as fast as I needed to go. <laughs> You're like, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm twisting the throttle, but it's just yeah. people are passing me, and it, you know, and also is a, you know, I'm six one, hundred seventy five pounds. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, completely different to. You know, you got someone else who is uh, 5'8", 140 pounds. Like, I'm giving up horsepower just oh, on sure. my size. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so did you know that they were going to let you go, Honda, FMF did, at the end of the year? Or did you – was it – Oh, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, uh, <laughs> yeah, probably around uh, June I knew that things weren't going to work out with their <laughs> – Right. Yeah, you were like, okay. It so was, uh, I just – I needed something different. I needed a different bike. I needed a different team. They weren't. Um, there was. We we just didn't get along the best. Right. I'd say it that way. Um, there was a lot of stories of Michael Brandes over the years that I've heard through different people. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, off the track stuff and, and and Casey Casey. You know, along with that and, and Factory Phil and, and that type of crowd. Um, do you? Do you look back on some of those times? I mean, you, I think you had a really good time off the track. You took advantage of being young and having some money in your pocket, and you're not the first or the last guy to ever to do that. Um, how bad did it get? Did you? How is? Were those stories just kind of pit gossip exaggerated, or were there were there times where you know that kind of stuff got out of out of control a little bit? Uh, well, I don't know exactly the stories that have been told to other people. Yeah. Yeah. Just brand us, you know, just we like definitely, we definitely had some fun of, uh, you know, smashing up rental cars or driving them on racetracks or, you know, running over trash cans down the sidewalk. Um, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> um but we, it was not like, um, I don't know. We, we were just young kids just having yeah. fun. I mean, we're 21 years old, buying houses and uh, getting paid a lot of money and just chicks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that came easy as just as right. well as um, going riding little uh, 50 motorbikes in the park down the street until two o'clock in the morning type of stuff. Just, we're just having fun. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're not robbing banks or doing anything. No, like no, that. no. We're yeah. just, Did we're it. Just, did it hurt your racing though? Looking back on it, did you wish you would, you know, did you did you put in your full effort and then have some fun, or did you at times be like, ah, oh, man, I, you know, I'm losing, I'm losing track of you know what it takes here as a factory rider. I would say at this point, yes, I would. Uh, I don't think I committed a hundred percent to it, right? And I wish I would have. Um, probably could have changed a lot of things, but. It's just hard. It's like uh, yeah, yeah. I look. I look at some of the things now, and uh, the guys got training camps, and they got uh, oh yeah, personal instructors. No, and this, the and team is coach yeah. The team is the, you the and, team is telling them where to go, when to go, when to be there. We're testing this day. We're practicing this day. All of that. Yeah, yeah. And none of that was around in my era. It was just 
okay, we'll bring your bikes to the races and you just show up. We'll buy your plane ticket. Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. But there was no, I mean, like the whole Alden Baker facility, like if anything was like that was like around back in the day, like tons of us would have been different riders than we are. Mm Mm-hmm. That was a different. We it, was, it was a different era, including McGrath and all those guys. It was a different era. Yeah, know? the nineties were different. I remember. Uh, I remember when you were. Uh, uh, one of the conversations you were having with uh, RV, and he's like, he's like, man, I just wanted to have fun racing, and then <laughs> back in the day in the nineties, it was fun, and then Alden comes into the factor, and just it's just punishment. It's yes. brutal. It's yeah. terrible. And yeah. I'm, I'm like. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Ricky right. really like, started we it. Like, have, yeah. We used to have some fun. No, I agree, man. It was, it was, yeah. I mean, I was, I was on the edges of this stuff as a mechanic, you know. But I, yeah, there was plenty of times where I was around some, some big names that you know on a Wednesday afternoon in Corona or Temecula at uh, what's that? What was that bar called? What was that stupid bar called in in Corona or Temecula? Um, um, oh, uh, crud. Right, um, whatever it was. The, yeah, yeah, you know, you yeah, you were there on a Wednesday in, in cahoots, in cahoots. Yeah, that's it. there we go. Right, yeah, so spent a lot of time there. Yeah, so like Wednesday, you're at in cahoots, and you see a bunch of guys that probably shouldn't be there, and they're racing in two days. And but that's what people did, and it wasn't you. You weren't you weren't the outcast. You weren't the guy that you know everyone was just pointing fingers to. But I do remember hearing like. There was like a rat pack of guys. It was you. It was Schnell. It was uh, Casey Johnson. Um, I'm trying to think of some other guys. And and Jerry Dostal. D- yeah, Dostal. And Preston. Preston, yeah. And you guys were having fun, man. Lots of star- stories in the pits about you guys having fun, you know? So um, that's all. Like, I don't there know. Was a lot, there was a lot of it, yeah. I'm not saying there was like illegal drugs or, or hard booze or anything. Just a lot of fun, right? So um no yeah yeah fun just uh um i mean from from the socal mecca and anybody that followed supercross it was just kind of i mean yeah say at least we're chick magnet right right. and it was uh it just yeah i mean just came so you missed supercross in 01 what happened uh, first round heat race. Um, who are you riding for? Uh, uh Motor Triple X. Okay. Um, I get about about three corners in. Fonseca was leading on his uh 250F, mm-hmm. and I was on a 125. He slowed up, and I kind of banged into him in a corner right before the triple. And then I just assumed that I'm like, I'll just seat bounce this bitch. I got it. <laughs> and uh, I didn't make it. I just slammed and, uh, fractured my ankle and collapsed my lung, spent six days in the hospital. Jeez. And there, there went super cross. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and I remember I did so a, then, yeah, I did a story on Moto Triple X, and I, I I called you for some quotes. And you were telling me that they were trying to take your bikes back, or so, I don't remember what it was, but you were just like, "These guys are idiots." Triple X. After yeah. yeah, after between between Supercross, after I got hurt, and then once I started to heal up, they're like, "Well, why don't you want to go ride like the last two Supercross races?" I'm mm-hmm. like, 
I'm not ready. And I'm like, why am I going to spend time focusing on two Supercross races when we have the outdoors coming up? Yeah. I go, and I've talked to the sponsors. Uh, we had Yoshimura and... Uh, uh, you were on a four-stroke. You were on a four-stroke at this yeah. point, right? Yeah, you were on a four-stroke outdoors. Out, outdoor, yes, yeah. I did. Supercross, yeah. right. no, it was on a 125. Yeah. And so they basically said, like, well... Uh, we're going to hire Larry Ward, so we're going to let you go. And I'm like, um, no, you're not, because <laughs> we have a contract. And if I need to go to the races, if you think you're going to be able to fire me for uh, no reason, mm-hmm. and you're going to tell me to go away, I'm like, I'm going to go to these races, and I will print up a bill, and I will send it to an attorney, and they will send it right to your ass, <laughs> and you're going to be screwed. Yeah, And that that was when uh, Kurt, the guy from yeah, Kurt Holler, Triple X, he's, yep. yeah, he's like, uh, fine. So he just he gave me and my mechanic a box van, and then uh, uh, Kyle Lewis and Larry Ward had the right, uh, the, like the fun mover. So <laughs> which, which actually was kind of cool because actually I did. I don't know. I had some really good races, and it was uh, like a fun summer. It, yeah, it was kind of more low key, just having a box in and going to the races, not full semi this and that. And everybody, whatever. But it, yeah. it didn't work out perfect. But it was, uh, yeah, it it is what it is. Yeah, kind of like kind of like how you started, right? A little bit. Yeah, it's. Um, I kind of, I kind of always enjoyed the. I was never the type of person that grew up wanting to be some sort of uh, famous person or mm-hmm. or having people look up to you and this and that. Like I just wanted to ride my dirt bike, mm-hmm. and so at times, like throughout the career of going to autograph sessions and doing other uh, other operative things of advertisement for this company and this company and autograph signings here and doing this and that and doing things up in the stands and you mm-hmm. got people everywhere. I was like, ah, like that was not what, I yeah, mean, yeah. like you take like Travis Pastrana, like that guy is like, yeah. he's the perfect cover model of just, uh, he lives for yeah. it, right? Yeah, and that was that was not me. I just liked riding my dirt bike. Like I didn't want to be some sort of superhero person or this and that. And mm-hmm. that was not that was not my deal. That was not what I was after. It's not what I wanted. Hmm. I just wanted to ride and race my dirt bike. Right. And so it was kind of a it was kind of a clash because there was a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of responsibilities of being, uh, you know, writing for an elite team and doing good. It's like the, the, yeah. the signings, autographs, this every weekend, going to dealerships, uh, going out and, you know, trying to produce commercials or photo shoots for other sponsors. Like there's just so much more involved than just riding your dirt bike. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was the one thing that I really didn't like. I didn't, I never wanted to be some like. <laughs> You're like, just let me go practice. Becoming like, right. yeah, becoming like famous was not. 
that was not my intention at all. And I didn't want it. And I didn't, I didn't like it. Like, I just, I like to be myself. And, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. well, you had a, you had a nice career. Um, you obviously, like you said, you, you know, you probably wish you would have tried a hundred percent hard, put it a hundred percent, tried a little harder than you did, but you won you won races. You stood on many podiums. I mean, you, looking back on it all, Brandis, you, you gotta be proud of what you accomplished, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, I would. Um, um, sure. I wish. I wish I could have, you know, performed a a goat and won uh, every single moto <laughs> yeah. uh, throughout the national series. But I mean, that happens to one person like every ten years. So, um, no, I, I was able to put in some good motos, some good results. Uh, I was happy with the way in. I would say in '99 and in 2003, when I rode a four-stroke, I got some good results there as well. Mm-hmm. Those two years were really good. The kind of 2001-02-02 is when I got hurt real bad. I right. got landed on in Atlanta and uh, ruptured my intestines, and I was kind of paralyzed for like five hours. Jeez. So, um, a lot of people don't, you know, they may not understand all that, but I got landed on, I got scars on my back from, unfortunately, (laughs) it was from Paul Curry, which actually I was, he was a friend and we rode the motor triple X the year or two before. I just cross rutted and I crashed. And then he, as I was trying to get up, he came over the finish line jump and he just landed right on top of me. And at that point I just kind of flopped over. And uh, when the paramedics came out, they're like, can you move? I'm like, no. Like, can you feel this? I'm like, no. And then like, at that point it scared the crap out of me. Yeah. I bet. Uh, And, uh, Thankfully, it came back um, probably about six hours later as they were trying to do some sort of um, dye testing and then yeah. bring me into the x-ray room. And then I'm like, I'm sick, y'all. And I sort of barfing all over everybody. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a tough one. It's, um, and going to... Atlanta Trauma Center, not a hospital, but a trauma center where I was in my room. I shared a a room with the guy next to me who was handcuffed to the bed (laughs) because he was a robber. And there was an officer stationed outside of our room. Like, that's the kind of place I was in. I went to a place like that in Indy with my guy, Birdwell, when Birdwell got hurt. Uh, yeah. we were in a hospital where they were like, yeah, he didn't make it. There was too many gun sh- gunshots. And I'm just like, what the hell am I? Where am I? So, yeah, it was, uh, uh, it was, it was a rough week. That was, um, uh, actually that was the same weekend that, uh, Kevin Windham oh, broke, broke his femur. Broke his leg, yeah. That yeah. same, uh, yeah, the same yeah, yeah. night I crashed in practice and then, 
he broke his femur like he was launching some big yeah, he was going over the berm. crazy section and just um, killed himself. And, and 03 was Star, right? You were on Star? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Star Racing is good. when they – I believe that's when – I believe that was the first year they got rolling. Yeah, I'm not sure. might have – yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe maybe one year before, like Keith Johnson. Yep. Or, uh, Kevin and Keith and, yeah. New Mexico, Keith Johnson, not yeah, yeah, yeah. New England, right? Keith Johnson. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference. Um, yeah, I remember um, because at that point, um, it was like March, and I'd just done all the winter series races around locally up north, uh, just been focusing on outdoor races and won all the CMC and the GFI races and all those kind of stuff. And, um, Keith Johnson, actually, I was down at Casey Johnson's house and Keith had called Casey and he was like, Hey, would you be interested in riding for our team? And he's like, no, I'm going to do some other stuff. He's mm-hmm. like, but you should talk to Michael. And so I started talking to Keith about it and he's like, well, I know you haven't ridden Supercross this year, so we're not sure what you've been doing. <laughs> like, but I'm like, all right, dude, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, well, we'll supply you bikes and do this and that for three events, and then we'll reevaluate. Okay. And then I went to Glen Helen, and I believe it was a, a fifth, a fifth overall. Yeah. Uh, in that like top Yamaha over YOT. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and so, they're like, oh shit, look at him. he's he's good. <laughs> damn. <laughs> he can floor it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um yeah, it was uh and it's crazy to think that they gave um so going back to the whole Paul Curry thing, that that was the bike he rode in Supercross and then he got hurt is the bike they gave me to ride for outdoors. Like I didn't even get a brand new bike. Yeah, like, yeah. I had a used <laughs> bike that Paul had been riding in Supercross. Yeah. Curry hated it. Curry, Curry was over it by that point, by the way. Curry was done. He was so over yeah. it. <laughs> but it was, uh, the bike ripped. But I didn't ask any questions. Who knows? Maybe that thing was. Yeah, like yeah. Two hundred sixty-five. I don't know. I'm like, I never asked any questions. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah, it's good. I'm like, I wrote it. And I'm like, holy shit, this bike rips. <laughs> oh, that's um, funny. But it was um, it was a good atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the owner Bobby, he was uh, you know he was super excited because um, I'd posted up the best results ever from the team. And so he was super excited. Um, so that was, was good. And I was like, yeah. it was a, it was a good atmosphere. The bike was good. It was incredible. Um, they were like super, I mean like Bobby Regan, he was just like, he was excited. He's like, Holy crap. He's like, you're putting the wood down here. Like, this is good. Um, you know, yeah. not to, you know, now you got Star Racing Yamaha, which is, you know, you got Ferrandis yeah. and yeah, killing it. Yeah. Nickel, so yeah. it's, it's, it's a little bit different. But uh, back in the day, it was like I was putting in the results, and it was good. Yeah. Well, man, um, 
thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. It uh, it's been a nice uh, jaunt down memory lane. Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Maxis and Alpine Stars with Michael Brandis. Like I said, I'm glad. You know, a lot of guys when you know they exit the sport, they're bitter. They're not they're not happy. They they talk about people who screwed them over and this and that. And and in some cases, it's true. But I'm glad to see that you know. You go to the races, you have fun, you follow the sports still, you're you're proud of what you've done, as you should be. You won a race, you stood on podiums, like yeah, like it's cool. Um you have a good attitude, it sounds like Michael, about you know, everything that went on and and all of that. So yeah, man. Uh thank you for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh it was a I look at it this way at this point. It's um as any sort of athlete where regardless of what sport you're involved in it's a small portion of your life. It's not going to be, yeah. you're not going to be an athlete your whole entire life. Like it's just, it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. So what I was able to do and ride and race and perform when I had the opportunity, it was great. But I also realized that that was one racing was one part of my life. And now I'm in stage two of my life and I'm sure there'll be a stage three of my life. Um, hopefully it's nothing to do with uh, anything bad, but, uh, um, yeah, it's just, you, you just take parts of your life and you appreciate the good things that happened. And it, it is, it has kind of tuned me in to be the person that I am like that yeah, you yeah. have to, uh, honestly, it's like the, to be a, a perfectionist, like you have to be literally a perfectionist and analyze everything you're doing and try to make it better. And that's what I still do today, even though it's not to do with motocross, but whether it's with cycling or my work, like you, you got to keep continuing to learn and challenge yourself because if you don't, then you just, yeah. You'd be stagnant. Yeah, absolutely, right? And you can't look back on something that you can't change and be pissed off and bitter and everything else. It's no good. It's not gonna not gonna work, not gonna ha- not gonna help anything, you know. So um, No, it's a it's absolutely a waste of time for the <laughs> to look back and be like like, Oh, it should have been this or yeah, this yeah. person should have done this or Right. No, nah, it's a waste of time. It's uh um you gotta look forward in life. I mean, like that's mm-hmm. that's what it is. I mean, like it doesn't like. Sure, there's been accomplishments and things that have happened in my past, but my life today is based on my future, not what I've mm-hmm. done ten years ago from racing. Yeah, and well said, man. Perfect. Well, hey, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. Glad you're doing well. And, uh, yeah, thanks for the time tonight, man. I think people will really dig this. And uh, it was cool catching up with you, Michael. Thank you. You got it. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart, 
There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, like being a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years go.